Hello everybody and welcome to um, the next episode of Doom Ray. So um, I am joined to get today by uh, the wonderful Toby of Rutter. Hello. I, I'm going to have to start calling you Toby Rutter as opposed to Sir Toby of Rutter because it's... Uh... Really? Do we, do we have to stop? Okay, we can keep calling you it. Only if you change your name by Depolver. Uh, I could, I could, you know. In fact, it's, it's not that it's expensive. Possible. When's your birthday? Uh, I'm not going to reveal that on the internet. I have a thing about not telling people when my birthday is, even my friends. Really? Yeah. Okay, I will find out your birthday and I will change your name by Depol for your birthday. Sweet. Bear awesome. in mind, I work with you and you can't hide it that well. Yeah. Surely, the, the... surely you'll have like a birthday sheen. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure they know it for like legal reasons. They probably know when I was born. Yes, I can find it out. Hurrah. Um... So yeah, um, anyway, <laughs> the um, basically this was a little bit of a weird um, podcast really in that we were trying to think of um, subjects to do and then um, there was a big announcement came out um, of Comic Con over the weekend, it was San Diego Comic Con. If you didn't know that, you're listening to the wrong podcast and the rest <laughs> of this will be entirely nonsensical and ridiculous to you and will probably bore you to a stupor. So uh, there's a great podcast that Ricky Gervais does, go and listen to that. Um, so <laughs> so it was uh, San Diego Comic Con, and of course the massive bit of news that came out from, from my point of view as a massive Batman and Superman fan is uh, somebody has finally made enough money out of a Superman film to, uh, to justify <laughs> attempting to make um, Superman, um, a Superman Batman film. Um, now, the thing that I'm kind of unclear about from reading all of this is whether it's Superman versus Batman, which was always something I always find a little bit stupid because they always do it in the comics, in that it's Superman versus Batman. But that really care. isn't a competition. Like, no, I don't care how rich you are. Demi God, in fact, no, not even Demi God. God versus Trump's man, rich man. <laughs> yeah. Um, no matter how, no matter how good the Kevlar is, he um, has laser eyes. He does. Eyes. Um. Well, heat vision, really. Yeah, if we're going to be technical about it. But come now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know, after that video I showed you today about Superman's punch, um, it's, it was pretty compelling. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's it's a simple, it's a simple kind of one way thing. Um, and um, so yes, so anyway, uh, the other thing that's worth mentioning is that Ashley won't be joining us. He's abandoned us. He's uh, he's he's got a new job, and now he's gone. He's too good for us. No, he's, he's on holiday. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so but yeah. you aren't, aren't you abandoning us next week? Is is next week your holiday? That's true, but I will I will persevere and I will do the podcast anyway. Wow, that's dedication. I've, I wasn't I've, expecting that, but well, now I've, I'm... I've already done a podcast from a caravan in Wales. I uh, nice. I don't see why I should stop doing them. Um, but yeah, so obviously, you know, the big news was Batman Superman, and I don't know if it's Batman versus Superman or Batman and Superman. They're, they're kind of, it's a bit cloudy. I've, I've kind of trawled through everything and can't really find a definitive answer. So my assumption is it will start off as Batman versus Superman and then we'll become Batman and Superman later on in the film. Um, but yeah, so obviously this is DC's answer to the Avengers. The Avengers. Um, which was phenomenal, um, and I've talked about it in previous podcasts. As a massive Joss Whedon fan and a big Marvel fan, that was ace. However, I am a obscenely big DC fan. DC is my thing. 
and um, and this is a very exciting bit of news. In fact, one of my friends put on uh, Facebook, when I saw this, I imagined you giggling like a little schoolgirl, and it wasn't far off the truth. <laughs> um, I think to put it in perspective, the first time I met you, I think we only, I only mentioned Superman in the briefest of passings, but later that evening I was sent a list of 75 reasons why Superman is the greatest superhero <laughs> of all time. Well, you I know, you're I'm, coming on pretty strong there. I've, I've got to do my bit. He receives a lot of hate. And, you know, I think it's one thing that's worth saying about The Man of Steel is that it's done a lot to kind of win a lot of people over, I think. Um, there are a lot yeah, of people... I agree with that. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, there were a lot of people who were really uncertain about The Man of Steel um, and that, you know, I, what I never get is this, this idea of people always say, but he's too good. You know, or he's he's you know he's uh, he's kind of too perfect. And it's like that's the thing though is his Superman is kind of the purest superhero you can get. He's like the epitome of superhero. Mm. And what I love about the idea of Batman and Superman, and what I loved about it in the comic, is that they are two complete opposites, um, and yet they both fight for good. And I think that's a really cool thing to see. Um, but anyway. Um, ten minutes into the podcast, I'll get into what it's about. Um, <laughs> um, a, a, a seamless introduction once again by Kyle. Um, um, so yeah, so this got us thinking, uh, really, about the history of Batman and Superman in video games, um, and you know the kind of highs and lows, um, very high highs and very low lows. Um, <laughs> um, to put it into perspective, recently, yeah, I uh, I just sent Toby before the podcast footage from uh, Superman on the Nintendo sixty four, which I um, which I kind of set up by saying is probably the worst game I've ever played, um, and from the footage, I don't think many would dispute it. Um, it's, it's pretty clear from the footage that it was not a quality game. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty likely. It's hideous. Um, but no, and but it's worth saying that DC computer games recently have been very, very good. Um, so I think you know, really, the um, it's also worth mentioning that there were a lot of rumours flying around, um, and I'd be amazed if it wasn't kind of discussed, um, kind of more in depth that that Rocksteady were actually being seen as a way of get of starting a Justice League franchise um, through through the video games. Um, which I'd have been quite intrigued to see. I'd have loved to have seen kind of the Green Lantern and stuff done in that, you know, in in the way that they've done Arkham City and Arkham Asylum and so on. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, the, the idea of a Justice League video game, I feel is a lot more achievable than a Justice Justice League film because obviously, when you talk about the Batman and Superman, you know, tie-in, same year as the Avengers, you know, after Man of Steel was quite successful, a lot of people, or even before it came out, people were theorizing about, well, are we going to see Justice League? Mm. As, a, as an answer to Avengers kind of thing, is there going to be a DC equivalent um, as a film? And given the success of you know, the films like Green Lantern, I, I didn't see it being particularly likely. But the nice thing about doing it in a video game is you could, you know, you've already got some very, very, very successful recent Batman games that have really set it up, like, say, with Rocksteady, yeah. doing a fantastic job. And I could really see, you know, that as being a, a, a very kind of a doable thing uh, that, you know, regardless of recent films, um, would would work really well, I think. Yeah, and, and I think it's one thing that, that Rocksteady did ridiculously well. Like, I, 
I can because this actually started. The, you know, it's worth saying this conversation started um, through movie tie-ins, and you know, mm. and 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 it kind of evolved into this. But it's it's interesting because to me, Rocksteady achieved the absolutely impossible thing of they satisfied uh, comic book fans, computer game fans, and movie fans all in a single game or two games. That you know that that is insane. That you know that that's um, that's such a difficult thing to do because they're you know they're they're such kind of passionate fans, mm-hmm. um, and you know it's funny because um, in work uh, last week we were talking about kind of um, controls and you know um, how 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 things feel as a gamer, um, and I think one of the things that always sticks out in my mind about um, playing. I think it took until Arkham City to really nail it. Arkham Asylum was a phenomenal game, and um, arguably, actually, I prefer Arkham Asylum um, to Arkham City as a whole. Yeah, because like in the whole kind of feel of it. Yeah, it's got it's got more direction. I don't know whether it was because um, it was really out of the blue. Because uh, I, I remember kind of looking at screenshots and stuff and going, "It looks really good." Um, and then I remember playing the demo and just being like, this is going to be amazing. You know, I was completely blown away by it. Um, I can't remember how many times I played that like that demo section where you just have the prison piece up to Victor Zaz. Yeah, know, yeah. And you get your first tiny introduction of like the Predator mode and you get your first kind of like couple of prison brawl fights. And you're just like, yeah, this is, this is fantastic. You know, it just... And, then, and in a really short section, they captured, this is, this is what the game's going to be like. Yeah, and and I think the one thing about that demo as well is I can probably count the number of demos on two hands that I've you know played for hours and hours and hours and hours on end to the point where it's become a game. Yeah. Um. But that that was definitely one of them. Um. But yeah, you know, I think you know Arkham Arkham Asylum was phenomenal. I loved the story of it. I loved. Uh, I loved. I loved the idea of. Um, the the constraints that it set and it kind of said you know we're locked in in Arkham Asylum for you know for the next kind of I think it was twenty four hours or whatever the time yeah, frame I think, of the game I think the, the time frame is either twenty four or forty eight hours I can't yeah. remember which and it was but the thing is that one of my favourite um, comics of of all time is um, is uh, Arkham Asylum um, written by mm. Grant Morrison absolutely phenomenal. Art style's amazing, Dave McKeon. Uh, if you haven't read it, go and read it. Um, but this was the computer game of that. It had that kind of sense of madness, and um, mm. you know, it, it felt like you were in a mental hospital. And then those those scenes where you kind of witness, um, you know, the, the crime alley with um, with the death of um, you know Bruce Wayne's parents, and you see mm. that through the perspective of, ch- of a child, and all these yeah. scarecrow scenes, like it was oh. so messed up. The scarecrow scenes, I think, if I'm going to pick one thing out of that game that I loved more than anything else, it was the scarecrow scenes. Just the way it segued into that first scarecrow scene where you walk into the morgue and then you walk back out again, but you're still in the morgue, and then thing just everything starts getting trippy. And you know, everyone knows Scarecrow. Well, you know, if you if you know Batman, you know mm-hmm. Scarecrow. And yet it immediately it doesn't immediately set in that that's what ha- that's what's happening. Until yeah. it becomes very obvious that oh right, this is a scarecrow thing, and this is how they're doing scarecrow in this game, mm. and and it was just it was brilliant. It was very atmospheric. It felt it really fitted in with the whole mental asylum kind of 
people in it, and every you know, I think there were three in the game. Yeah, three events, and every time you know, even though after the first one, when you'd argued that kind of the the shock of it all had, had you know, the, the reveal had happened, and it wasn't going to take you by surprise again, it it still kind of did, and they they really, they, I think like, this is such a fantastic job of that. Yeah, and and I think the other thing is is um I, d- I don't know if you've played the game Toby, but a game called um Eternal Darkness on the game. Yes. Um, that was a which, fantastic GameCube game. Yeah, one, one of my favourite... Um, I'm not a fan of survival horror, but th- that mm. was phenomenal because it was this this psychological thing. And yeah, the as nice opposed thing, to a blur kind of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was The Walking Dead versus uh, The Evil Dead. That's kind of mm. the way that I yeah. But um, Yeah, and the, and the one thing that, that, that always blew my mind about that was it convinced you your game was broken, not enough for you to turn off your computer, but enough for you to question it. Yeah. And with those scarecrow scenes, it was that thing of when you walk out, you're like, it's just loaded the same room again. This is clearly a glitch. Yeah. And then, and then you obviously walk over the table and it's like, oh, okay, this is different. <laughs> and it's and it's just so, you know, it's so beautifully done. Um, but, you know, the, despite the fact that I probably prefer Arkham Asylum as a game, to me, the thing that Arkham City did, and it was the first time um, in in gaming history that it had ever happened to me, was I felt like Batman. Mm. I, did, I didn't feel like Batman was my avatar uh, no, going were. through a world. I felt like Batman. And, you know, it, and it, it's a really weird thing to explain to people who, who kind of aren't a massive fan of Batman. But that is the weirdest thing because it's kind of, you know... I. When did Arkham City come out? When I was 24? And, like, genuinely, like, I have photographs of me when I was three dressed, like, head to toe as Batman. You know, that is something I've dreamt of. And just flying over, you know, Arkham City, just landing and just, you know, being Batman was one of one of the um, kind of defining moments of, of my life as a gamer. Um, and I, I think it was... It was it was the probably the high of this generation of console for me. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best game, but in terms of kind of just pure feeling, uh, that that takes some beating. For yeah, me. It, re- it really had that. Like I've, I'm always, I've always got massive respect for people who are creating a sequel to a game, and essentially all they do is improve things from the first game. They go, okay, this wasn't quite there. We need to add this. We need to add this. We need to add this to just make the experience. You know, we, we did all right with the first one, but you know, the bar needs to be pushed and. Just the the change in setting. I think they did a good way. They did a they they handled the change in setting well to try and give you that more open world Gotham feel without going full Gotham, without having to you know worry about cars and you, you know a lot of people obviously go oh, it's in the city. Do we get the Batmobile? But yeah. that is a, that's a hard thing to add into a game when they'd already kind of set the style of it on a much smaller environment in Arkham Asylum. But, but just it's the entirely ability, unnecessary. It, exactly, but being that it's such a crucial part of the Batman, yeah, you know thing, it, it's. Uh, centric to his like arsenal of stuff. Mm. There's always you know, the the one, but just the fact that you could you could glide from one side of Arkham City to the other side if you knew how to use the mechanic. Just you know, you couldn't do that in Arkham Asylum. You know, you could glide, but you couldn't do that, and it was it was done so far. You you know, you were you were Batman. You were buying you know gliding around Go- you know, Gotham City, mm. and you were preying on these criminals, and you know you were up on these kind of the, you know the huge um, clock tower building and stringing people up from it, and it just it had, like you say, it had the feel of being you were the Dark Knight. Yeah, and and I think you know the thing that is so worth mentioning about that game that 
again it doesn't get credited for is is this kind of both games are done in this restricted way in that they say we have a time frame and mm. so few games do that and i never understand why why more games don't do it like i've always thought kind of why don't you make eight hour long games with permadeath and it says you have eight hours to do this Mm. You know, like, I think that's it's coming a lot. It, well, that you know, the kind of rogue like you die, you restart games. I think are coming back a lot more now, and I think it's only a matter of time before you start to see it in because I think it works quite well, especially with the AAA games where because of art constraints, well, not just art constraints, but because of constraints, game length is is shortening because you've got to do more in that to you know to get the quality up in those areas, you know, visually, etc. Mm. If you're putting like if you've got eight hours to finish to you know to complete the game. And if you die, you have to restart. You're increasing the playtime of that game quite a lot and providing your game isn't so frustrating that people just go, well, that's it. I, mm. I, I died. Controller down. Not ever playing it again. Mm. It's a pretty good way of going, well, how can we like increase the like the you know, the playtime? It rewards skill because people can get through it if they're very skilled at it. Mm. If they're on you know, the right sort of difficulty level, it can, they can get through it. But it, it's a challenge and yeah. an added sense of challenge. Some games recently, they seem to have been abandoning the idea of challenge you know yeah, with... and, and and but again you know that that comes back to one of the amazing things about those games is the amount of longevity added by challenge rooms oh yeah that were really difficult like you know and it's amazing how with so few buttons they developed such a complex fighting system mm. well um, it's all about timing and yeah. that's and that makes you know that you've got three moves kind of thing. It makes it go well three combat moves. Obviously, you can use sort of gadgets as well within combat, which is another thing that added a lot of variation to it. Is that you could use things that were designed for a very specific purpose could be used in combat as well, which happened more I think in Arkham City because in Arkham Asylum it was mainly just batarangs I think that you yeah, used in yeah. combat. Mm. But it, it's a very versatile system, a very fun system mm. because it rewards you know if you can get your your huge multipliers, it's rewarding you for being being good and yeah. that's what as a game you want and i think as well it's um it's worth me saying because every time i have a conversation about um arkham asylum i always say um to me it was you can see kind of um the initial steps towards that game in um i don't know if you played batman begins uh it was on the xbox and gamecube um, I presume it would, yeah, PS2. It must have been on. I think so. Although the, I think I played a couple of Batman games on PS2, and some of them are blurred together a little bit in mm. in my memory. Well, um, this this was the game of the film, right? Um, and um, it was actually really good, and was actually pretty pretty well received. Um, you know, received quite wide kind of critical acclaim, and you know, not kind of. The, the same as Arkham uh, City and Asylum, but, you know, kind of 8.0 kind of yeah, style. Yeah. Well, um, I think back on PS2 and Xbox, 8.0 was still a respectable rating for a game, whereas now everything's either a 9, the 9.5 is good, anything less than that is a... Uh, like, the, yeah. the, the game rating scales are now, like, completely condensed to within the 8 to 10 range, where 8 is crap and, you know, 10 is still good. Yeah. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, you know, it was... It took a lot from Splinter Cell, um, okay. and it had kind of quite, quite good stealth mechanics, and the combat was really good. Um, but you know that 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 was a game where you could see that they that this kind of stealth action, you know, action adventure, um, that 
that made Arkham City and Asylum um, so good, you could see this kind of, you know, you could see the first tentative steps into into that direction by the game. Mm. Um, you know, I really think you know it's it's a game that's often overlooked, and I do think it's one where you know, um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great game. Um, but <clears throat> you know, the, the there's kind of moving on from Asylum and, and City. Um, you know, an, another um, of, of the Batman games that I have adored is the Batman Lego games. Yes. Um, and um, and obviously with Batman Lego 2, that became uh, DC Superheroes, which had Superman and all of the Justice League in. Mm. Um, it actually started to tie it all together. Because there yeah. haven't been many games other than the, uh, I guess, Injustice and... Um, the DC Mortal Kombat, which have actually like combined all of them together, but obviously being beat 'em up games, it's very easy to just go, "Oh, we're going to have people from, you know, all over the place and put them in one game, and that's that's fine." Whereas you don't get as many, I guess, you know, your your Arkham Asylums, your your kind of action adventure games, which have got you know narrative. You don't get as many of them that have pulled all the all these heroes into one game. Yeah. Again, the Lego setting is another good way of setting it because you, you know the format was well established with Lego Star Wars that you have loads of different characters, each fall into different kind of ability classes, and you can just swap between them. Mm. Um, it's a, and it's a really good system. But also, it's it's a way of kind of getting in the the tongue in cheek humour that that comes mm. through in in often the older comics. Um, yeah, but it does work. Um, but yeah, and you know. I, I, I I loved those games, um, and you know, I, in fact, I loved every single Lego game. You know, I thought they were, they were all brilliant. Yeah, they're all they're all very good. I think I prefer the Batman and Star Wars ones to Indiana Jones, but yeah. I'm still not about it. But I think just by nature, Star Wars and the Batman ones had slightly more variation because they were more fantastical. Yeah, um, and also there's there's more to draw on because they're yeah. they're, oh, they're yeah. worlds that have they're a lot richer. There's a lot more yeah. to them. Um, but yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned Injustice, and that really is worth mentioning because it's a phenomenal game, mm. um, and it's interesting because uh, me and um, Luke, who's been on the show before, um, have talked in the past about how how if we were to do a um, if, if for some reason <laughs> DC and Warner Brothers approached us and said, "Can you make us a um, a Batman and Superman film?" Um, it could happen any day now. It could, it could. If you guys um, are listening. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening, we're cheaper than Zack Schneider. Um, <laughs> and uh, just putting it out there, probably better. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> um, not true. Um, but no, and the one thing that, you know, the way that he always said he'd do it is to do this thing as um, almost like Greek mythology. Uh, and yeah. um, it would be this kind of battle of gods and, you know... Um, the humans would just be kind of bystanders to it. Mm. Um, and then it would be kind of them watching from a moon base. Um, and then I always said the way that I would do it <clears throat> would be to have a Superman film um, to kind of set it up. Um, because we always, we always kind of agreed that we you couldn't do it with the Nolan series because mm. it's so perfect. Yeah. And there's almost no room. It's so kind of watertight. There's no room for manoeuvre. Hmm. Um, so what I always said was I'd do a Superman film and then how I'd do it is somehow Superman uh, became hated by kind of the general public and 
Batman, having retired, would come back as an older, you know, kind of mid-50s Batman mm. and would act as a... Um, would act as a as, as a as a mentor for Kal El. Oh, yeah, um, that's quite interesting. Um, and it's kind of a new father figure type thing. Yeah, um, and would kind of um, you know would teach him what it is, what it means to be to kind of always take the greater you know the greater good into account, um, and how it's okay to be hated mm. because obviously you know it's a story that kind of well-established in, in Batman uh, mythology. But sometimes you need someone to be the, the one that's hated because that's what people need and, yeah, and the uh, same thing would be applicable. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it, would, it would be a really nice way of kind of tying it together. Then you kill Batman off um, and you bring in a younger Batman, so much like they did in The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. um, and then that sets you up for a Justice League film because then you have a load of kind of young superheroes um but you don't have that kind of thing of bruce wayne overshadowing it all yeah um and it, it, i'd be intrigued to see if that's how how they do it i'm not sure um and because obviously... presumably the superhero the superman batman you know it's gonna i shoot i don't know if it's been announced anywhere because i've only seen the, the i haven't done much digging on the announcements bother oh my god the two logos crossed over um i'm assuming it's going to be after the real at the end of the third one it's going to be joseph gordon gordon levitt as a new young Batman potentially, or someone else potentially I'd, playing that role, but I'd love unlikely. to see that. I would, I would absolutely adore to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt play Batman. Um, mainly because I think he'd be really good. Secondly, because um, I think that setup was so perfect. Um, but I think Nolan, Nolan wrapped his trilogy up, and I mm. and. Goya and um, and Zack Schneider have have both said that the Man of Steel is not in the same universe. That's um, true. But I don't know if they're kind of throwing a curveball. Like, believe me, nobody would be happier than me to see either Christian Bale or Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, pick up, you know, that mantle. But then the problem is, is that if they do that and they do tie it back, then inevitably they're going to want to fight the Joker and then that, yeah, and that just that needs gets to be like a real, that yeah. needs to be left, yeah. just left as it is. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and I think to me, you know, like the obvious, the obvious bad guy for this film is Lex Luthor. Um, yeah. Well, I think they left enough hints, you know, in, yeah. in the man of steel yeah, for yeah. us to expect a Lex Luthor, hopefully cyborg suit Lex Luthor. I'd, I'd quite like to have Oh yeah. I'd, lo- I'd love to see massive, Huge, and that you know that's that's the other thing as well is in Nolan's universe you wouldn't have had these terraforming you know interplanetary no. spaceships and and suits and so you know like if you look at the way they did Bane, yeah, Bane is a very I, I really like the the how they did Bane in the Nolan universe. I thought it was a real. I think Bane gets a lot of like stick for being this kind of ridiculous you know like libre. Venom, hulking guy, and I, he is meant to be like a a bit more of an intact. You know, he does discover Batman's identity. He, mm. he isn't just like a. Obviously, he's one of Batman's harder martial opponents, but mm. I feel like they they got that across without the need to make it kind of cartoony and yeah, cartoony well, well, a comic. But you know, you know what I mean. Not in a kind of in a sort no, of silly way. What what I loved about about Bane was 
the Joker was the one who tried to break Batman's spirit. Yeah. Mm. Whereas And then Bane was the complete opposite of that. Yeah, and um you know, I just I think Tom Hardy as Bane, it's funny because he got knocked so much for that role. I think um, he did it fantastically. I, I love it. The voice I, in particular, I absolutely yeah, love it's, it's phenomenal like I am I'm so taken in by him when I watch him in that film. Um, he's so intimidating. Like, there's there's one shot where he's against the where um, Bruce Wayne's against the pillar, mm. and Bane is just throwing body blow after body blow after body blow, and you feel so claustrophobic watching it. You're just like, I mean, I've I've talked about um, the Dark Knight Rises to death on on the show, so I probably shouldn't go on too much more. But um, again, you know, talking to Luke, there's. There's this moment when Batman first throws a punch at Bane. And he just doesn't. It, and nothing. Everybody in the cinema just goes, oh, God, why did you do that? And it's just watch. It's like, you know, just watching this guy just get battered. It's horrible. Um, but, yeah, no, the whole film was phenomenal. And I think as much as I'd like to see it tied into that universe, although I, I'm not sure if I would in a lot of ways. But I feel like I think what made Man of Steel good wouldn't tie into the Nolan, like they, like I said, the two two separate universes. Mm-hmm. But that gives it, a, you know, it's a it's a chance for it to be a, a different kind of Batman that isn't the Nolan Batman, but also equally isn't you know Tim Burton Batman. Yeah, it, it'd be a chance for it to be a more of a Justice League Batman, a Batman that's in a in a in a superhero universe. Whereas in the Nolan thing, it's it's. It's not a superhero extra or, you know, it's not alien. It's it's kind of people. Yeah. Whereas, you know, there's the Justice League is, you know, it's it's everything. It's aliens, it's mutants, it's the whole lot kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that will set it up well to be able to do that and for it to, well, fingers crossed, work. Um, and, I, and, and I think you can tell a lot from that logo that they revealed, I think, because hmm. in that logo... Um, they've clearly, clearly, clearly gone completely out of their way to get as far away from um, the Dark Knight um, Nolan trilogy, that symbol. But the thing is, is that it is, to my eyes anyway, it's the, the top and the wings... Um, are is the the Dark Knight Returns comic book logo, mm. um, which is interesting because that would t- tie into my theory of an older Batman, um, because obviously in in the Dark Knight Returns, Batman is is you know kind of in his fifties and he's retired and and this is him returning to action. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it, and um, you know I'm, I am intrigued. Um, no, I'm not intrigued. I'm giddily excitable. Um, <laughs> and, to put it lightly. Yeah, and if I try and play it off as anything else, it's just a lie. Um, but yeah, but that so, said, we, we've looked at, obviously, we've briefly spoken about, you know, obviously you can't avoid the Arkham, the Arkham games, and we briefly alluded to a really awful Superman <laughs> game on the N64. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of games where, you know, narrative games as opposed to kind of your Injustices or your DC games, uh, your DC uh, Heroes version of Mortal Kombat, you know, with uh, with Superman as a central, as the central character. I mean, really, there's been one on this on this set of 
consoles almost like really well, pissing something out. Well, the the only obvious one that I can think of is DC Universe Online. Mm. Um, but to call that kind of him as the kind of narrative centre uh, is a bit of a weird one because um, he's a mentor to your character if you yeah. choose well, I think him. That's what um, all of the kind of the, the name superheroes are, are kind of mental figures, aren't they? Yeah. Really? Um, but you know, again, you know, that's that's a great MMO, but but it doesn't really, like you say, it doesn't kind of tie into to the kind of Superman universe. Uh, no, in, in not in the same way that Arkham Asylum and Arkham City does to Batman. No. You know? Um, and you know, apart from that, it's it's all the kind of hideous movie tie-ins, isn't it? So you know, like mm. Superman Returns was on um, Xbox and uh, PlayStation Two, um, and that was horrific. Um, you know, the he hasn't had a good run. I mean, honestly, the best kind of standalone Superman game is the Man of Steel game for the iPhone, which is in, <laughs> Infinity Blade with Superman. Um, so. You know, he has had a rough time. And I think it's funny because, um, you know, you hit the nail on the head, I think, earlier when you said, how do you make a computer game where your hero is invincible? It is somewhat and, without making the entire game like an escort mission where you lose if someone else dies, yeah. which is a pretty bad idea for a game. Yeah, nobody, no game review has ever said particularly enjoyed the escort missions. <laughs> um, ever. Um even Ico could have done without an escort mission. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and that was a fantastic game. Yeah, um, but no, it's um, it is it is very difficult. And the thing is, is that when I start kind of, you know trying to think of you know put put your game designer hat on, you just can't do it. You can't make. Um, and I'd love to see a studio prove me wrong, um, but. The yeah, only the thing you can is do being set here. Like this is the yeah. challenge, guys. Yeah, the only the only way of doing it is to make it just like, um, just the most hideous, over the top, like smash through everything, physics based. You know, like if you smash through a skyscraper, the skyscraper collapses. You know, this that's the only way. This is the only thing you can do with it. You know, you can't. There's there's anything no... else just doesn't feel like Superman in the same way that when Arkham. City got you feeling like Batman, getting you to feel like actually like Superman within a game context is going to be difficult. Yeah, because essentially, yeah. you know, we, we've touched on how good kind of roguelike permadeath is. This is perma life. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and how, and how do you make that good? I mean, obviously, you know, with exciting stuff with the new Frostbite two engine with with knocking over skyscrapers in multiplayer yeah, yeah. levels, but you think you know you've got to do a whole metropolis of that and. Yeah, but also just... the problem is is that you don't just have like like physics based on if I blow up the bottom of this this building it reacts kind of authentically and the foundations go and then it drops is one thing. But getting a physics engine to react to a man of steel flying at the speed of light into a building Yeah, it's a is, bit different. Is quite another like, um, um but yeah, and I do feel a bit sorry for him really because he hasn't made the tran- the transition to um, to games well. And you know, so many so many superheroes have, um, but he just he doesn't seem to to hit the nail on the head. And you know, like with with Batman, um, I guess with Batman he's a lot easier to do because he's not a superhero; he's a human. Yeah, he's a um, human. And it's it's worth touching on. Um, 
I don't know if you ever saw this, but um, Gotham by Gaslight, um, which was the early um, footage um, of a Batman game that was set in Victorian London. It's him in a very cool cape run, running around. Like cool the cape's cape, important. No, the cape is ridiculous in this game. Yeah, seriously. I'm, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Actually, I've got the video without any sound on. Um, oh, it's made by the people behind Fear. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that, though? That's, that's pretty awesome. It's, it's a shame they blew the whole budget on the cape. Yeah. Like, um, I'm just looking at that cloth physics, I'm guessing it's an Unreal Engine game. Yeah, yeah. But the... Um, the I love the look of it and the feel of it. So. Oh, yeah. It's, it's got a very nice, kind of moody, gothic... It's, it's got fog everywhere. <laughs> Feels great. Yeah, fog's always good. Um, and a, and oh, that, a van- that jump is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it just jumps <laughs> like up jump to the building. Three stories high. Like, Batman couldn't do that with all the gadgets, let alone... In Victorian Britain. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, so with, with Gotham by Gaslight, um, it, it shows that, you know, really... Um, Batman's quite a versatile kind of superhero that you can do a lot with, um, mm. or not superhero that you can do a lot with. Um, you know, his story's taken him to all different kind of parts of of time and the world, and um, he's also quite a likable character because he's a he's quite a tragic character, and you know he's easy to kind of get on board with. Um, whereas selling the story of kind of an orphaned god is is a lot Somewhat more harder. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, there's it is it is worth it is worth reiterating that Superman um on the N sixty four has been voted on several occasions as the worst computer game of all time. Um and and it was it's not an over exaggeration, it was terrible. Um it was clunky, it was hideously ugly, it had no sense of identity, um it was it was just horrible. Um so yeah. So anyway, after I've, after I've completely destroyed um, everybody who worked on that game's hard work, um, although from the looks of it, it I wasn't. Think they did a pretty good job of doing that themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So you know, may, maybe this leads us on to um, you know the, the the kind of the holy grail of um, of of superhero games is coming up next, which is which is um, obviously. Uh, Batman Arkham Origins. Mm. Although um, this is going to be an interesting one because it's not the Rocksteady team developing yeah. Origins, presumably because uh, Origins is being released on the current generation of consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's also getting a release on the next gen as well. It's going to be one of those sort of early crossover games. Mm. I would assume the reason Rocksteady aren't working on it is because they are already in full dev for presumably a Batman game on the next generation. Mm. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how Origins differs. Obviously, it's going for a much younger Batman, and it's but they're keeping the set time frame. I believe it's it's all new uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, um, Batman's kind of one of Batman's first, you know, real hardcore encounters with these eight assassin figures trying to kill him. Yeah, and I I wonder whether. Um, <clears throat> I have to be. I have to be honest. From from the premise, I'm not as excited. Mm. Um, 
because to me it sounds like it's become a fighting game. Yeah. Um, which scares me slightly because, you know, what, you know, as, as we said earlier, what made Arkham City and Asylum so good was that they made you Batman. Mm. Um, and if I want to fight as Batman, I'll play Injustice. Um, so, and also the thing that made you know City and Asylum good was the combination of you know just straight fist brawls, but also to point out the fact that you know guns people don't handle guns so well, and so you had the fantastic Predator, you know, encounter missions, and you it was it was the combination of both. If it had just think, been the melee brawling, as good as that system was, I don't think we'd have carried an entire game purely on that as its you know, combat mechanic. Yeah, and it's one of the wonderful things about those games that I can't believe we didn't touch on, was the fact that in a time where guns are so often perceived in, in games as this kind of incremental depletion of health, and it's like, no, if you get hit by one of those things, you really know about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one thing I did love that, that the uh, Arkham games did was like, guns are scary, guns are yeah. bad, guns guns will kill you. And it doesn't matter how hard you think you are, if you get shot, you die. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a really brave move um, to have this thing of like, you are the ultimate badass if you use your tool set in the right way. But if you just go in you know, not all guns blazing, but all fists throwing, you will die. Um, And, you know, I do think it's interesting. And to me, you know, even from that trailer, it was just kind of a bit... um, I I really hope it's going to be amazing. And, you know, it is being kind of heralded as this kind of, you know, the, the... Just because Arkham City had that kind of, that next level... They're hoping mm. that this is going to be the next level. But I I am with you in that I'm worried that it's not kind of Rocksteady's full dev team in the same way as, um, you know, Obsidian took over on um, on Vegas. Yes, from, and it just wasn't, it wasn't quite the, it wasn't quite the same experience you had with 4 out of 3. It was... No, and it was it was a great game, and I'm sure this will be a great game. Like I'm sure it will be, but you but it will be you will be able to, you will it's the two will be distinguishable. You will look yeah. at one and go, oh, but that's not quite. The other thing I think about it is, um, you know, it's a cool premise, uh, you know, these eight assassins. But one of the things that's made the previous two games really fantastic is the cast of villains, because Batman has no shortage of villain cast to draw mm-hmm. from. But all of these assassins are kind of you have to be pretty big followers of kind of deeper yeah. Batman stuff to, to, to kind of be like, oh my God, that's so-and-so. It, it's also, not the same even, as... Even, you know, like, Deathstroke and people like that, they're just... They're kind of filler, they're, aren't they? They're not yeah, really... They're, they're, they're not they your are. Jokers, your Penguins, your Banes, your... Yeah. You know, your and, Riddlers. They but are that's kind the of... thing, is that's what set those games apart to me, was Batman, without a doubt, whether he's your favourite superhero or not, you cannot argue with the quality of the villains in that in in that world, and the voice acting, like Mark Hamill as the Joker, is the only Joker. I mean, he did do a fantastic job as the Joker in the Nolan yeah. films, but if you're going to do the Joker not in a serious, a more serious world setting, and yeah. it's going to be voice acted, Mark Hamill is your guy. Yeah. He is the voice of the Joker. But also, to me, from watching the cartoons as a kid, he is the Joker. That's yeah. the voice of the Joker. Completely. And obviously they had Kevin Conroy as his opposite, mm-hmm. you know, as the, you know, the the cartoon voice of the Batman. It's yeah. And, and, and I think that... I, I always said when Arkham Asylum came out, 
I said, if they had video game Oscars, oh, Mark God. Hamill should have won one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and the funny thing is, is that he was, he was so, you know, to, I can't think of a computer game character that has absorbed me as much as the Joker in those games. Like, his voice is so good and mm. so sinister and so funny. And, you know, it's just, it's so complex. And the fact that that's Luke Skywalker still blows my mind. Yeah, um, just... But, you know, even down to, like, um, you know, Harley Quinn was amazing. Mm. Um, you know, and, and it's that thing of dealing with these amazing personalities. It's not about... It's not about the the fight. It's not about you know anything. It's about kind of outsmarting them and outwitting mm. them, um, and and really, because it's even something that Nolan didn't touch on is that Batman is supposed to be the world's greatest detective. Yeah, they don't, they, I don't think any Batman film has particularly played very well into the you know this kind of very core asset of his of his character. It's often overlooked yeah. in. He's supposed to be Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and, you know, it's one thing that, in my mind, the only thing that has ever dealt with that outside of comic books is the Arkham Asylum and City games. Mm. And I'd even argue that they could, obviously, they tried to keep pushing it. I can argue there's still a long way they could go with improving the feel of making you feel like the greatest detective. Oh, um, yeah. But but at least they, you know, at least they acknowledged it and were doing... Things and who doesn't love Calvision? In fact, Calvision was so good that they had to try and encourage people to not be in Calvision all the time yeah. in the second game because they're like, well, we're doing all this incredible art. And people, yeah, yeah. Because of all the benefits Calvision is giving you, people are just playing the entire game in this kind of blueprint mode. Yeah. Uh, we need yeah. to get people to actually look at the artwork for a change. Yeah, and and you know, it's uh, it's funny because we wanted this to be a podcast about you know our uh, Batman games and Superman games, and it has just become a, a podcast about Arkham City and Arkham Asylum but that's fine um, I feel like Arkham City and Arkham Asylum are the kind of until they're you know surpassed they are the the Batman games now like they are the Batman well, games that I think our people are going to like remember the first because they're the most recent they've done such a fantastic job yeah but also I think it's funny because um, so I, I I often 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 talk with Luke about the Batman films, because uh, mm. we're, we're massive fans, as you can probably tell. Um, but, um, really? The, yeah, the, the one thing that um, we, we have both always said is that I remember sitting in the cinema watching The Dark Knight for the first time. Mm. And arguably, I actually think Batman Begins is the best film of all of them. Um, and there are many, many reasons as to why I can go into it. It's not my favourite, but I think it's probably the best. But I remember sitting watching The Dark Knight and I remember thinking, this is a classic, iconic film. Mm. Not comic book film. Film. Just film. This this is this is heat. This is um, you know, the Godfather. The, you know, it's in that it's in that echelon in that people who aren't into comics, this will be, be one of their favourite film. films. You know, th- this yeah. this is this is the first time that a comic book film has bridged that gap. And loads of people like Superman, loads of people like, um, you know, uh, the Superman films, the Spider-Man films, uh, you know, loads of people like them. But this was a classic film. And I remember watching it thinking, I am watching for the first time a film that will be talked about for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, and then 
when I played Arkham um, Asylum, I remember thinking the same thing. I was like, this is a classic computer game. Mm. This isn't kind of a good comic book computer game. This isn't a great movie adaptation. This is a phenomenal game, like one of the best of the generation games. Um, And, you know, I I think that's the thing to me, is it, it, it stopped being a Batman game. And it started just being a game, yeah, as opposed to being tied to like you know, a, a, the label of the superhero it was created for. One, yeah, the well, it was created for. Let's put it this way: if you put just this is a completely um, you know crude analogy, but if you made Batman Sam Fisher, those games would still be phenomenal. Yes, you know, yeah. and I think that's the testament. You know, that it, it, it's not just about being Batman. It's about, you know, every mechanic was so beautifully implemented. The art was insane. The voice acting, production values, lighting, you know, everything was just spot on. Um, and and a true example of what happens when you get a, a brilliant IP and a phenomenally creative team. That's That's what those games should be like. You know that that you should you shouldn't be messing them up. You mm. know, um, you know, I mean, arguably, you know, we, we said Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, they're not movie tie-ins, but they are. They 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 are products of of movies. They just aren't games of movies. Yeah, it, the, you know, the, there's a reason why um, you know these Batman games were accepted by a broader audience at the time they were, and it's because the Chris Nolan films... Had already you know, brought Batman to a much broader audience than yeah. than previously. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, that arguably the Nolan films probably did more for for comic books and more for comic book films than any other film. Mm. Um, and in fact, not even arguably. Like, definitely. And, and, and also by that, you know, by that thing that Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin did a lot for them too because... You know, after that, people were willing to just give it to Chris Nolan. Yeah, saying, yeah. You know, I want to make a realistic Batman film. They're like, well, oh, go on then. It's not going to be Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I think it's interesting because um, you know, I know that the um, there's always that really famous story of Chris Nolan pitching um, Batman to Warner Brothers, uh, Batman Begins, and he took in his Batmobile. Um. The tumbler, um, the, the tank. Yeah, and that's he said, "That's my Batmobile," and they got it instantly. Mm. You know, from that Batmobile, you get it. Yeah, um, this is going to be a, you know, men in tights kind of thing. Yeah, and it, and it's funny because I have sitting right next to me um, the Arkham City statue of Batman overlooking Arkham City, and it's funny because the second I saw the concept art for. Uh, Arkham Asylum, which if you haven't seen, look it up now. Um, you get it straight away. You know, it's and I think that this sense of identity that those games have um, is phenomenal. They're, they're, they are they are some of the best games ever made. And if anybody is listening to this and hasn't played it, stop listening. <laughs> Go play it. Go play the game. Um, like, they but, should yeah. be cheap enough by now. Steam sale is still on, if I remember rightly. Just, yeah, just I, go. I'm sure they sell it for like four quid during the sale. Um, in fact, it was oh, free. On, it, it was free on PSN. 
Like that Dude. is inexcusable. If you if you haven't played it, it was free on PSN. Um, so yeah, so great game and play it. So do we think? Let's let's round it up. Do we think there will be a Batman versus Superman game to tie into the film? I think there probably will be because people like making tie-in games for films. I think about the question is, is it going to be a game that people are going to actually rate? I'd be a bit more sceptical about, like we've said, Superman doesn't lend himself particularly well to games. You know, if, if mm. I'm playing with a friend and he's Batman or I'm Superman, he's going to have a rough time. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no way they're on a level playing field. No. Um, I'd like to see. I'd like to see it being Rocksteady's next gen project, but I don't think it will be. No, I um, think they're probably going to keep to Batman universe. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think we might see hints at. Uh, you know the Justice League dropping in. I think we might see a Flash or Green Lantern in there somewhere. Um, mm. You know, if if not seen mentioned, maybe. Um, but yeah, so you know, I think it's sad. I feel like you know it'd be nice for Superman to be to to have this kind of Batman treatment and be really well represented. You know, in in video games, get a chance to be represented differently because people are represented differently in video games to how they are in films. Mm. But. I, I don't know. If I was given that, that project, I wouldn't really know where to start with it. I think it's that thing, isn't it? If, if you just look at if you look at his character as a design brief, it just it does just make it impossible. Mm. Um, and you know that's that's a bad starting point. <laughs> it's <laughs> Impos- not a great starting point. Im- for, impossible. A, for a project. Impossible is a bad starting point in anybody's books. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know and. I think it's testament, isn't it, that that Superman is the most recognised superhero in the world. And I, I remember reading that the Superman logo is the third most recognised icon um, in the world. Um, and there still hasn't been a decent game made about him. I think that says a lot. You know, and I think um, the first Superman game, I believe, I may have to check this, was in 1979. Wow. So we're we're coming up to 40 years here. <laughs> so yeah, you know, be the first people, prove us yeah, wrong. <laughs> that's your test. Beat, beat the system after 40 years. Um, so yeah, so you know, I think um, I don't think it'll ever be done. I'd love to see it, but I don't think it will, and it saddens yeah. me. Um, but, it, is a, it is a real shame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that that's it for this week. Um, so um, next week we'll talk about something that happens on Sunday, like we did today, <laughs> and then have no time to research anything. Um, yeah. No, hope, hopefully, I'd really like there to be a massive um, announcement uh, over the next week, like like we had with GTA, because that made that made good talking fodder. Um, Makes it but, easy. <laughs> yeah, and it's the problem with doing gaming podcasts in the summer. Um, is is there is no gaming news during the summer. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll have to go a bit more indie for next week. Yeah. Big swing out that's still relevant and still interesting, but, you know, they don't keep to quite the same sort of summer blockbuster. I think we know, should play pre- Monaco because I still haven't played idea. it. I still haven't played it, so I'm up for that. That or Gunpoint. Oh, Gunpoint is fantastic. You must play it. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, so Monaco it's, or Gunpoint. Gunpoint is something so satisfying about. 
attaching a light switch to a door and just opening a door into some space, and the sound it makes is perfect. Okay. Everybody has their homework for next week. Um, we're going to play Gunpoint. That's what we're going to do. That's that's next week's podcast, is Gunpoint. We should have message Pentadact. <laughs> yeah, we definitely should. You know what's really annoying? It was on sale, and they had the special edition one that comes with all the previous builds for like three quid on Steam. Oh, yeah. Steam. I can't believe he did that. Like, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, it's it, that's a phenomenal thing to do. Um, but hopefully that'll come back down in the sale, and then I can nab it. Um, but yeah, okay, gunpoint next week. Let's do this. Um, so yeah, so as always, Toby, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, well, we won't see you unless it's really creepy. Um, probably more you'll hear us and listen. Um, than, than see you um, this is becoming creepy um, <laughs> although if David Cameron just keeps banning things left right and centre you probably will Who be knows? able to watch us in some way um, so, <laughs> or, or, or connect if, if you've got an Xbox One it'll see me um, so yeah so um, we'll see you next week uh, no you won't we'll hear you next week god damn it um, and uh, yeah we'll, we'll do Gunpoint let's do that and we will actually try and get, get him on should we do it? do it oh, yeah let's do it Let's just bombard him with emails and try and get him on. If nothing else, I can then get on my next load of business cards at Pentadact. Yeah. Stop tweeting me as a quote. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Brilliant. Phenomenal. All right. Well, uh, always a pleasure, Toby, and I'll speak to you next time. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>